and this is Philip. And we are your Bible Bomberman. Let's drop some bombs! You were supposed to say that with me. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know that. Let's, Let's drop, drop some, some bombs. bombs! Nice hat. Thank you. Bright yellow bucket hat. That's what I'm wearing today. Looked like one of those little girls from the, the Little Rascals. Alright, so I, I was just trying to start things off light because what we're talking about is pretty serious. This uh, topic that we have here. We're addressing a very controversial issue and that is the issue of abortion. And if we're asking the question, is God okay with abortion? So, and so. this is a very hard to talk about thing and it's something that really drives me nuts is all the arguments, which we're gonna talk about later for a pro-choice philosophy, I might say. But ever since my wife and I have had kids, I have become so much more pro sensitive. <laughs> I was always pro-life, but I became oh. <laughs> much more pro-life at that moment because I don't understand how someone could think that um, that these young people, you know, babies are people, that they're just so disposable, that they're trash. I mean, weren't you at some point a baby? Did you start out as a fetus? And here you are. So we want to talk about what the scriptures say. We want to talk about what the science say. And we want to be honest. We don't want to just form our opinions and throw out here's what yeah. we think. We, we want to look at yeah. what the because, objective scripture and science Because, is. yeah, if it is important to be honest. Because, um, for example, we'll just say, what if the pro-choice people are correct? We wouldn't want to force women to to do everything that men want them to do i mean i mean obviously i wouldn't want that but we'll get to their arguments later but i figured we should just start with the scripture and um the bible never does actually mention the word abortion but well it wasn't that, that word wasn't really around back then. no and that was not it was written in hebrew anyway but but yeah <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't nothing, a word and nothing translates and I, I think that. I think that makes the subject is making my son cry. <laughs> it's it's that that sad. I think I think it makes it makes sense that the word abortion or another replacement word isn't in the Bible though, on purpose because God regards any age as human. But so the word would likely be murder instead of. Uh, extra word but we have to prove that with the scripture that it is murder first let's and check science. it out and we're not going to answer this yet but you, you can think about it while we're talking it, is it okay i want you in the audience to think about is it okay that two men are talking about this you know since we don't have ovaries or what's it anyways we don't have any of that <laughs> you know we're men is it okay for us to talk about this and We'll try and come back to that at the end if I remember, but if we don't, then you can come to that conclusion for yourself. Okay, ready to check out our first scripture? Sure. All right, it'll be in Psalms chapter 139. Who's talking here? David, okay. Okay, <laughs> verse 13. For you formed my inward parts, you wove me in my mother's womb. Interesting. <laughs> That's a very interesting scripture there. We're not talking about science yet, but it seems to me like God has a part in the making of inward parts. And, and weaving here it says people <laughs> that happens inside the mother's womb. So here, if, if you're someone who likes to use scripture to say God approves of abortion, um, you got to consider something here. Um, this person, it was inside the mother's womb, or let's say the parts. We won't say it's, it's a person yet. We'll just say it's inward parts, okay? The inward parts are being created by God. So before you decide to get an abortion, just keep in mind that you're destroying something that God is creating, yeah, just... Uh... Um, verse 14, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. You wouldn't want to be responsible for the destruction of wonderful works now, would you? Yeah, after 
Yeah, after he says he wove me in my mother's womb, he's he says he's fearfully and wonderfully made. So would you like to destroy something that God wonderfully made? But you could just be like, well, this is um, I'm just talking about David. He's the only is, he's the only one who's fearfully David. And this is made. um, <laughs> this might be some sort of a poem, so it's not literal. I don't know, <laughs> but it's hard. <laughs> I don't know. Just, just be honest. I, to me, I, I think this is pretty clear. The uh, responsibility of inward parts being formed inside the of of the mother's womb is is from God. You know, he he's the one who is doing this, and the scripture proves it. And Jeremiah, yeah, Jeremiah, chapter one, verse five. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. And that's a quote that, uh, well, Jeremiah is a prophet. And this is a quote. He's quoting God. Uh, once again, here we have the inward parts. Oh, okay. Here he says you. So Jeremiah here is the you. Jeremiah the prophet is the yep. you. He was formed in the womb. And it says before that he knew him. And he was consecrated. Cons- consecrated. So God had a plan for Jeremiah, even before he was in the womb. So not only is this just a bunch of inward parts being made by God, but these inward parts are being made by God in the womb for a purpose. And God knows it is a person inside there. It's not just inward parts. <laughs> Jeremiah <laughs> well, me, being the you. To me, you know? this this looks a lot like if you were to tell some somebody to say something, but to tell two different people to say it, it's it's kind of like that. They're saying the exact same thing in just a little bit different phraseology. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, ding, 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 we have a match. <laughs> yeah, so it's pretty clear here that uh, God creates the person. You know, this these scriptures have nothing to do with sperm meeting the egg. You know, and we, we all know that's how God uh, does it. But here it says, you know, that this is something that God is doing. Because a human life is unexplainable. I mean, we... Uh, biology can can only take us so far to help us understand it but in reality it really is a miracle life is a miracle well not just human life (laughs) any (laughs) life especially human life though uh okay well that was a match but let's check out another scripture and these scriptures i have no idea if there's more these just took me like five minutes to find like it's not hard to find these scriptures here is the last one we'll share with you today. Wait, I have one after that just came to, popped in my mind. Okay, we'll, we'll look but at one more after this, this one. one Exodus chapter 21, and it'll be 20, verse 22 through 25. If men struggle with each other and strike a woman with child so that she gives birth prematurely, yet there is no injury, he shall surely be fined as the woman's husband may demand of him. And he shall pay as the judges decide. But if there is any further injury, then you shall appoint as a penalty life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, bruise for bruise. Amen. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, I'll just start with the beginning of the verse that talks about women with child. That sounds like someone pregnant, but you could be like, oh, well, that's just a a woman with a child next to her but no it's quickly for everything (laughs) yeah it's quickly debunked because it says so that she gives birth prematurely so clearly it is talking about a pregnant woman if a man strikes a pregnant woman then the next part of the verse it says yet there is no injury he shall surely be fined as the woman's husband may demand of him so clearly that is a crime to hit a woman and make her give birth prematurely now it says if there's any further injury then you know penalty life for life eye for eye tooth for tooth so on and so forth but the question is well he's just talking about the women's injury not not the baby okay but the point here is is that this scripture proves that the baby or the person is a child According to scripture, according to God, he or she is a child. Yep. That is that, that is, is clearly <laughs> in the womb. That yep. that is inside the mother. It's that not is, a, not not a it or a clump of cells. Yep. 
that is the the main point of the verse now people debate about the the second part which i'll leave in the air it probably goes either way like if the kid is injured or the woman is injured maybe it doesn't really matter it says if any further injury it's not clear to who 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 but women with child gives birth prematurely child give birth you know yes you the it's a child whoa it is a child all right i can't believe i and neither of us thought of this one before, but I think this is the best scripture of all, all right. to use for this. All, <laughs> all right. right, feed me. So we have Zacharias and Elizabeth. You know, they're super old, right? And they and the angel comes to them, and we all know, I know what happens. Zacharias is, becomes mute because he didn't believe the angel. So his wife Elizabeth, who's super old, has is is going to have John the Baptist, John the Baptizer. So. The angel comes to Mary and tells her that she's going to have Jesus. Yay. Yay. Merry Christmas, right? (laughs) So when Luke chapter 1, verse 40, I'll start in verse 39. Now at this time, Mary arose and went in a hurry to the hill country to the city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Whoa. So right here, we have it defined that a baby was inside the womb. And the baby did something. The baby leaped in the womb. So the scripture here proves, if we're just using the scriptures, that it is a baby that is inside the womb. I use this scripture with someone or to try and argue with someone on Facebook about this one time. And he was saying, well, that just means that... She was uh, six months pregnant by this point. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, that's the difficult part when it comes to late-term abortions is is then you, if someone's like, well, I don't approve of late-term abortion. I I just do the early stuff. Well, then you ask them, well, where's the line then? What day? What week? Is it a viable? And it's almost like they almost never have an answer. So when you go to the Bible... Do we go back to the to the the Jeremiah passage? It says, "Before I knit you together, and so before it, I yeah before you were born, so before, before you were even just... even conceived. So yeah. right right there, that shows us that God has this plan for this person inside the mother's womb, and um, don't mess with it. Okay, now those are the scriptures that tell us the fetus, the embryo, is indeed a person, and that God has created this person for a purpose is a baby and the baby can do things like leap <laughs> and Kick. can be born prematurely yeah okay um so what, what about science it's it's really interesting because uh different people put more weight on the scripture and other people put more on science and others put more on uh philosophy and so there's lots of different areas i i like um I like these scriptures because it, it does prove that God considers a baby in the womb to be a human and puts them on the same level as everybody else. But we got to use science to see if the scriptures <laughs> but, are true or not. Yes, and um, another thing is, is not everybody in the world or even in the U.S. puts a lot of weight on the Bible anyway, especially in politics. You're not going to yeah. change a policy to save lives by quoting a scripture because a lot of the people don't even work. care. Yeah, they don't even care. So these are really interesting. But people uh, don't care about science either. So. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, but if well, you it's, do, it's coming more and more common. If you do care about science, then you're going to want to listen up. Yeehaw. So <laughs> an example is murder. So everybody knows murder is wrong. Even the scripture, it's even easier to prove that murder is wrong. It's mentioned so many times, it's even in the Ten Commandments. Okay, but before we go on, I do want to clear this up for all you guys that say, God's a murderer because of what he did to Canaan and the flood, so why does why would he command us not to murder when he had, you know, David kill all the Philistines and Joshua kill the Canaanites? Okay, there's a difference between murder and just killing. Okay, Ecclesiastes even says there's a time to kill. Murder is unjust. Now, speaking of abortion... <laughs> the Canaanites sacrificed their children, made them go through fire to burn to their gods. Okay, so there is a time to kill in the scripture, but yeah. the, the the commandment and the Ten Commandments is do not commit murder. 
and that is yep. to uh, randomly for no reason yeah, kill someone it's, who didn't it's do it's unjustified anything. killing morally unjustified killing and if you don't have a reason to do it <laughs> it's obviously murder the concept of murder isn't too hard to understand in the first place like but yeah i guess if if you conflate killing and murder it it can be pretty complicated for you maybe but anyways but yeah anyways back to the topic let's look at this from science because if science can prove that a baby or a fetus or an embryo is still human life and is the beginning of a human life then it's game over it's murder so if you can convince the population mm -hmm. some politicians that it is murder to kill when it, the baby is still in the womb that could be a pretty effective tool for saving some lives not saying everybody's going to listen but but yeah. here's here's some evidence that i have found and i've done a youtube video i've actually done a couple youtube videos on this before but um let's start out with the scientists there there was a a huge survey uh using biologists and over 5000 of them i think over 5500 of them and they came from over a thousand different schools. So you can't say, well, these are just taught by the same people. So they think th the same. No, these are over a thousand different schools. And you know how liberal schools are. 96% <laughs> believe that well, human life begins at conception. 96%. Really? That is... That's for <laughs> essentially 100%. So, I think life begins before conception because you need life in order to get conception in the first place. Well, <laughs> for, for <laughs> the discussion's life. purposes. Yeah, I know. And, yeah, <laughs> that's not necessary. But, but yeah, 96%. Now, I wouldn't say that's like, uh, our job's done here because no. ma <laughs> majority is not evidence and it's not proof. Because, for example, most people in the world don't believe Jesus died and rose for our sins. So, <laughs> it's, it's not a science like that. The, what we need to look at is why. Why do 96% of biologists believe this? The 96% of biologists believing this is just to, like, raise your eyebrows. It might be just a like, silent major uh, majority. Like, oh, so maybe... Maybe I should look at this. Why do they think this? But do these biologists know the difference between a, a boy and a girl? <laughs> that's a good <laughs> question. <laughs> but yeah, that's exactly why majority majority <laughs> rule is not a great idea. But <laughs> but um. All right. So lucky for us, this is all right. Take us back to sex ed. <laughs> this is yeah. This is really easy to prove. And no wonder 96% of biologists believe this. This is like third grade biology. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, maybe it get Okay. I learned well, about this in seventh grade. Don't say gay. I'm just kidding. But, okay. Okay. This is, this is very simple science. And so we'll start at the beginning, as Landon mentioned earlier. You know, the sperm meets the egg after mom and dad do the do. And uh, what happens? Well, special combination of DNA from both parents forms the embryo. And for the rest of time, no new information, that's DNA information, genetic information, all that stuff, will ever be added to this person for their entire life. Literally. Wait, so how is evolution possible then? <laughs> Good question. We'll go back to episode, <laughs> episode two. two <laughs> yeah. Where um, DNA is never added anywhere, it's anytime. Never added. So and it's not, not provable. So literally, at the moment of conception, all that happens is it grows. That's literally it. The embryo That's how just life works. grows. I mean, what do you life mean? can't come from non-life. It has to come from oh, something. Well, yeah. And then all it does is grow exactly. until it dies. Exactly. Which the life is a great uh, evidence for god <laughs> because yeah. it, it, you can't make it uh, you can't make it from non -life. life can't come from a rock you know yeah Same but with the, the the babies you know you can't start out dead as a nothing and then no, grow into something no you can't even get something that used to be alive to make uh, a this life is, out this, of this this is common sense it is common sense but anyway but to if you, for those of you who need some extra 
evidence. This is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bonus. But it meets all the seven qualifications to be a living organism. The embryo does, which includes eating and growing. That's all it does. So okay, I gotta I gotta mention this right now since I'm talking about the embryo. People will say like so. Uh, all the sperm that never meet an egg or an egg that never meets sperm. Is that genocide? genocide? Yeah, I've heard that, that too. Not, yeah, it's like, you believe all of that is people dying? Well, no, because those, uh, a sperm and an egg literally will be nothing else. That's all they are, is a sperm or an egg. But an embryo, all it grows into being a human. It's got a different set of DNA than both the parents and anybody else on Earth and who has ever lived, a sperm and an egg, they're there and then they die as a sperm or an egg. They can't be anything else. They aren't anything this else. This is another reason why, the going back to evolution, why it's so important that we prove evolution to be false because... It is. When yeah. you, because when you think everything just came about at random, as far as we know, a sperm cell and a human being are equal in life value. Or like an ant and a human are... I mean, we accidentally step on ants all the time when we're uh, on the sidewalk is that mass murder because we're <laughs> killing these ants with the evolution a human life decreases its value when when we disprove it and show that uh, jesus didn't die for sperm cells he died for people no, you know, yeah it, they don't proves, have a soul it proves who's actually valuable yeah. which part of life is actually valuable yeah, the body is is we're stuck in it, but but we're we're spiritual beings. We're not like like you said, like an ant, like a sperm cell. Maybe you could consider it like an ant, like you could squish it if you could. <laughs> but yeah, it's that's all they're ever gonna be. And from the moment moment of conception, all you do is grow into who you are today. So if you're to take a a watch of time and rewind yourself. You could rewind to the exact moment of conception, and that would be you. But if you rewind it back any further, you don't exist. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> it's really it's a, it's interesting to think about. But let's move on to my last point that I'm gonna make, and this one's pretty interesting because uh, it just shows how how far we've come in science and how much that we can know now. Because some of this stuff, they would have no clue about these things hundreds of years ago, which is important which is where the scripture steps and that's why it's important as well but this is crazy god built an anti-rejecting mechanism into the uterus which is something only women have by the way <laughs> and the placenta so uterus that was the word i was trying to think yeah <laughs> ovaries and uterus yeah yeah so the developing body of this tiny person can be accepted by the uterus and nourished until birth so uh, basically to explain this better is you know how people can get like a kidney replacement or i think there's been a heart replacement different transplant yeah or they'll heart get transplant. um yeah transplant or skin or something well sometimes the body rejects that just like if you put the wrong type of blood in somebody's body it, your body's gonna reject yeah. it and it's built to do that because you know you don't want it like part of the immune system the body doesn't want foreign material inside of its guts i mean that's obviously not good so the body rejects it well god built in an anti-rejection a mechanism in the uterus so that when the baby is there it can't it won't be rejected and killed and that's crazy because that proves that the baby is not the women's body Wait, so you're saying if the woman has like a heart transplant or something and the baby's while she's pregnant? <laughs> what are you okay. talking about? I'm having a hard time understanding what you're talking about here. So the uterus doesn't reject the baby. Yeah. Okay. Because, okay, because if you put a new kidney in somebody that might not be the right fit, the body might reject it because that's not part of the body. Mm-hmm. But God put an anti-rejecting system in the uterus because he knew that the baby is not part of the body. And so he put it there so the uterus wouldn't kick out the baby and squander it from its uh, food yeah. that it needs from the women. So the anti-rejection system makes it so the baby is safe. Do you have uh, sources for all this? 
Yeah. Well, I can find them. <laughs> I can find them, yeah. Because you're, you're going to want to post these on... I'll, I'll add the source And you to guys are going to want to see that. That That's, like, really awesome. Yeah, we'll, po- we'll post some sources on the Facebook page when the episode comes out. People all the time try to come up with all kinds of excuses to say it's the woman's body. So it's uh, the woman is life support for the baby. So it's okay to abort the baby. And when you follow that logic through, so you have someone who's on life support and you just want to... Is the life support machine the body or the person <laughs> who's attached? I mean, yeah. it, it really doesn't make sense. No, if it's true, if about. the baby literally was part of the woman, then maybe you could, <laughs> you could see it. The problem is it's not true. So it, it, it's not scientifically There's true or head, biblically head, true. arms, which legs. The Bible is scientifically accurate, so I would trust um, it. But Okay, well, since pro-choice people can't rely on science, especially these days, to prove that the fetus is not part of the woman, they have changed a little bit, and I think they will continue to change in the future. You have to use irrational arguments. Yeah, they have to choose, well, does this fetus deserve life? Is its life worth living? Is Are the conditions around too, too tough? Is having a child going to inconvenience the woman too bad? Is it going to ruin her life to have this kid? Is it, does it make this kid worth it? So, okay, we're going to get to the arguments. This part, which those are scary, by the way, but we're going to go through some of the most common and I think most of the pro-choice arguments especially most of the ones that I could find. And if it's not listed here, it's one that they have an argument that pretty much goes alongside the ones that I wrote down. So let's go through these, shall we? The first one, my body, my choice. This is exactly what I was just talking about. <laughs> yep. It's what, completely just... irrational and completely selfish. So I'll, I'm going to go back to, to the Bible here for a second. If you are a Christian, this, this applies to you, okay? Um, actually, I'm, I'm going to, to make sure I don't ruin the scripture, I am going to read it word for word from the New American Standard. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you have been bought with the price, therefore glorify God in your body. And obviously, if you're not a Christian, then you, you don't care, and you're not going to <laughs> I don't care. But, but to the Christian, <laughs> if you are a Christian, no, you're not your own. It's now God gives you choices, you know. It is 100% your choice to do whatever you want. Just know that you're going to have consequences for your choices. Also, Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. All right, so my body, my choice. That sounds awfully a lot like me, 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 my, my, my. <laughs> yeah, it does sound kind of selfish, especially in the context of a baby. Like, uh, is this going to ruin my life? Am I going to have to quit school? Am I going to have to work part, uh, take a couple weeks off of work to give birth? I'm going to answer this. I'm going to answer this question and you might not want to hear it, but the answer is yes. <laughs> okay? Now, the church is often commanded to help each other, take care of each other. And if you seek out the church and God's people, then the church is a group of, of a group of people who would be more than happy to help if you are in that situation where you don't know what to do and you have this new baby and maybe you're a single mother, the Lord's church would be more than happy to help in any way that we can with that but the answer still is yes you do need to make sacrifices for this baby i mean we as parents you know we got to put our lives on hold until our last kid moves out especially it's all about it's 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 about helping them get especially since yeah you you mentioned the consequences before that also consequences to choices most uh, like close to a hundred percent of babies like 99 percent are made under your choices so, so I, I hate to bring that out, but yeah, you got to face the consequences, especially when there's a life on hand. Now, okay, I'm going to back up actually here to my body, my choice. Is that a true statement? Well, 
in America, I think it should be. In politics, in life, it should be. I agree with the statement, my body, my choice. That's a good statement. <laughs> and I think I will use that when I when they tell me to get, get a vaccine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll be like, my super, body, my choice. Super hypocritical. The problem is when when you talk to someone who's pro-life, the answer should be, well, it's not your body that they're going to kill, is it? Are you the one who's going to die? Mm-hmm. It's not your body we're it's talking not. about. It's not your body. So when both my kids, no, it was just my first, I saw the, I actually got to see the ultrasound video. That was not my, my, wife's, my wife's body moving around in that video screen. It was a completely separate person. And we have a few instances, documented historical incidences. One of the founding, he, he was, I guess, one of the pioneer guys in the abortion movement. I totally forgot his name. But when ultrasounds came out he was horrified at what he saw and he quit then the the more recent famous example is abby johnson who was a plant parenthood worker who she worked there for a long time but never actually got to see an abortion at least on the ultrasound and when she saw the ultrasound she saw this is a person in it mm -hmm. And she quit, and she was uh, now she's a super pro-life. Uh, she's super influential in the pro-life movement. So we have at least two two testimonies that I could think of of people who used to work in the abortion in industry who left when they looked at the ultrasound and were able to use their brains to calculate that this is a mm -hmm. person. It's not the woman's body. This is a separate person inside yep. the body. I'll go with the next argument right away since it's, it kind of goes along with this idea. The right to abortion is vital for individual women to achieve their full potential. And usually they're referring to economic potential, like a good job or something. And it goes along the same line. It can be kind of selfish. Yeah. You know, you're prioritizing money over life, which in my book and in most people's book is going to be a very selfish road to take. And let's talk about, like you said, the ultrasounds, the methods that they use to kill the it's babies brutal. It's violent. is very it's horrifying and it's especially the later the term the worse it gets you want and to see this baby get sucked up on into like a vacuum thingy mm -hmm. and an ultrasound and you see the baby's arms moving and trying to swim away from it it's it's brutal yeah a lot of the time too it's they'll kill the baby and then make you give birth to a dead baby mm -hmm. which to me is just as brutal that's like, traumatizing it is like it's it's so it's so terrible okay and i saw on the news i think yesterday actually there was these photos leaked of these dead babies with stab wounds in them and i they think that there was people who killed the babies after abortion and i can't confirm that that was true in that case but yeah it does happen that's what i was gonna say and and that's I can't imagine giving birth to a baby and then especially like and just looking at him and I don't want to think about it any longer yeah. really. It's very sick. I, I've heard people say if you make abortion illegal then they'll just kill the babies after they're born. Like are you listening to yourself there? Is, is that okay? No. <laughs> What's the difference between the baby actually, that's okay, born before let and me, after? This is their next point actually. This, lead, this is a perfect segue. Banning abortion puts women at risk by forcing them to use illegal abortions. It's like saying making drive-by shootings illegal forces them to do it illegally. <laughs> Making it illegal. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. A, it, it, no. it already is illegal. People are going to do things illegally, but we still have to have laws anyways. Yeah. Because then we can it's hold people not accountable. And making laws. Yeah. Making the laws is important. But it doesn't the, mean people are going to follow it. But yeah. Those <laughs> laws mean. still have to be there. Okay. I, I want to say right here though i don't think we're we're making policies right now but we're talking about what's right and wrong and abortion is wrong regardless of how they're gonna do it it's still wrong it's the same sin committed in a cleaner way or a dirtier way who 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 even cares it's the same thing killing somebody by slitting their throat or by th throwing them on a bomb is is still the same act that's still killing mm -hmm. them so it doesn't make it right or wrong and it, and they can't even prove it anyway i don't think it doesn't even matter i don't it doesn't matter <laughs> ready to move to the next yeah. one all right personhood begins after a fetus becomes viable also able to survive outside the womb 
or after birth, not at conception. So basically they're saying if it's a late-term abortion, that's different than an early term. Viable mm. is what they say. So if it can be born like uh, born and still like live without extra care is what I get I'm getting from this argument then it then you shouldn't kill it like if it's nine months don't kill it which for some people is enough but for one thing I'll say this the line is is shrinking because of science and um, technology advancements (laughs) so is a life more or less valuable based on what technology we have that seems a little silly to me so there is a point the the baby's born too early he or she will not will not survive outside of sight of the uh, of the mother's room does that mean that that baby is not a human and that's their argument (laughs) i mean (laughs) when your baby is born at full term he still cannot survive without you you have to mm-hmm. feed him. You have to take care of him, change his diaper. You are on call 24-7, and you never get a break. Yep. They say that if it's it's dependent, since it's dependent on the woman to survive in the uterus, that means that it's not viable. So, But if about, it's independent, yeah. like, what do they mean by independent? It still needs the mother just as much. Okay, so until they're 18 <laughs> and they move out of the house, it's... You can kill them. <laughs> so what about your great-grandmother who can't live without you, who you have to take care of because she can't feed herself or bathe herself or any of that stuff? You have to do everything for her. She can't live without you. So is she expendable too? Can't Is it uh, justifiable to kill her? Or is anybody's life have a different a value? Like is there like a value, a meter? Say your life is more valuable when you are independent than when you are 89 or than when you are negative zero. So, you know, exactly. It's, it's silly. Okay. I'll give, I'll give one more example. That's on the same kind of note. What if a guy falls off your boat in the middle of the ocean? He's completely dependent on you to throw him a rope to climb back on. Well, if it's a big enough boat, not like a kayak, but, but like a bigger (laughs) boat, he's completely dependent on you his entire life. He has nothing himself. He's just there until he's dead, until you save him. So it's the same idea. Is Does his life not count anymore? Because he is no longer independent. It's silly. Like, leave him. <laughs> he's, he's screwed. He's no, I'm just kidding. But no. Where is he on the value meter? Hmm? So, no, I, I reject this argument because it's it's silly you're the same person from conception as we explained earlier the age doesn't matter the dependency doesn't matter okay so abortion gives pregnant women the option to choose not to bring fetuses with profound abnormalities did i say that right i don't know abnormalities abnormalities to full term so like a baby with a deformed arm or something yeah this kind of thing just makes me sick. So, yeah, the, this one is probably the worst so, argument. <laughs> no, there's nothing new here. Back in like the 1800s, they would throw people with with no legs, no arms, people with all kinds of disorders. They they throw them in circuses for entertainment, you know. Or they would babies are born that way. People people would throw them away. I mean, so nothing really is new here. Uh, Satan is just as much at work as he is now than he was uh, before. And people, or um, those people would, would also be just thrown in jail. I mean, they were not wanted. God loves these people too. They, they are people. They are humans. And they are just as equal in value and are as, purposeful. Yeah, as anybody else. So, like you said, like it makes me sick to just imagine... Somebody you see like in the in the ultrasound, you look and be like, "Oh no, this this baby's missing both his arms or both his legs or something." And then you devalue him and say, "He's not a baby anymore. He's not a person." Or maybe you don't even do that. Maybe it's even worse. Maybe you do recognize he's a person, and say his life isn't worth living. He's like, gonna I suffer. Talk, you know? He's gonna suffer. So I better kill him. Like, no, let's, what are you thinking? So, what if that happened to you? What if you were in a bomb and you got your legs blown off? Is, is your life now not valuable anymore? 
What if you're in a car wreck and not have a deformed face? Some people, yeah, some people do ask to be killed after that by, like, their They do. Some comrade. people feel suicidal. But, and we want you to know that, no, you are still valuable. That does not change the fact that God still loves you. Okay, people suffering does not change the fact that God loves them. It has nothing to do with that. If you want more information on that, go to Romans chapter 8. You know, these uh, uh, babies who are born to live a life of, of uh, suffering are there for a reason. It, it doesn't change the fact whether or not God loves them. You, you can't just use the Bible dictionary version of love. you got to go to what the, how the scripture actually defines love to know what that means. But it doesn't change value at all. No, it doesn't. It doesn't make you any, I mean, <laughs> any less human. We have a guy in the Bible, John chapter 9, who was born blind. And Jesus said it was not because his parents sinned, but it was so that the power of God could be shown through him. There was a purpose for that person being born blind. Jesus was able to help him see. That was the reason why he was born blind. You, you, you just never know what God is going to use that person for. It has nothing to do with, you know, God hates this person, he's gonna suffer. No, now we all have an amazing testimony 2,000 years later of a man who was born blind that could help build faith in us. So you, you just never know how God can use these people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, I gotta bring this back on you. Sorry about this, but my body, my choice. Did you ask the the baby without legs if his life is worth living? He's gotta be the one to answer that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, you can't answer for him. It's his body, his choice. <laughs> so, so I just wanted to mention that again. Bring it back. Sorry. But this phrase actually does exactly the opposite of what pro-choice pro people want it to. Mm -hmm. And is quite hypocritical. And it's completely selfish. You know, Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you got to deny yourself. So it, it's not about you. It's never about you. You know, you got to put yourself pretty much last. Others, in, others in before yourself. If you are a Christian, if, if you're not, then don't be well, mad when Jesus says, depart from me, you who... Well, even if you're not a Christian, scientifically, we can prove that it's not your body either. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so my body, my choice. But then, okay, then, then there's rape. Yeah, this is the last one and probably the most common one. So a lot of the people who say, well, well what about rape? Those, those people weren't even raped. They, they just want an excuse. So they throw out, what about rape? But there are very tragic instances where some uh, girls get raped and we on this show are not okay with that, obviously. And the Bible actually condemns rape in the Old Testament and it punishes it very severely. So the rape is not cool. And if you are listening to this and have dealt with that, and maybe you're even you're going through that, I promise you abortion is just gonna make the situation much more traumatic because then you have to deal with that guilt. Then you know you've punished the wrong person. You know, the person who should be punished, the eye for the eye, the tooth for the tooth should be on the rapist, not on the child. I've heard testimonies of young women who were raped and the cure to the trauma, or at least, I don't know if cure is the right word, but what helped really heal the, the trauma of that was having the baby. It's not a punishment, you know, it's, it was the help that they needed. And don't do extra trauma to yourself by aborting the baby. Exactly. And the baby is just as much of a victim as the mother because the baby obviously wants a loving father. <laughs> and and that's going to be very sad to hear that your loving mom was raped by a man. So they are a victim as much as the mom. They have nothing to do with the rape. I'm sure they hate rape just as much as mm -hmm. the mother. And I hope so anyway. <laughs> but yeah, they, they have nothing to do with it. It's like seeing something bad happen to somebody and then doing something much worse to somebody who had no idea it even happened. Turn around and, and stab somebody in the back who does, who's not even looking. Like, it's completely morally unjustified. Mm -hmm. So if, if there's any ladies out there that are listening to this and are thinking about an abortion, maybe you clicked on this podcast to try and get answers or advice or... You're thinking about it, but you, you don't know because you might wonder if God's going to forgive you or if God's going to love you. We, we want you to know that God does love you. But 
there are consequences to this. Now, abortion is sin. It is it is transgressing the law and it is murder. So we ask you, please don't do this. You know, we you can get help from the church, from God's people to help you take care of this child. You know, you are not alone at all. You, and you can also have help from God. To those, if, you, if you're listening and you've had an abortion, then I want you to know that God can forgive you. It's not an unforgivable sin, but you have to repent. Go back to episode four to of, of this podcast to listen to what the terms of salvation are. But God is willing to forgive if you are yeah. repentant and come under his terms. Yeah. There's nothing you can do to take God's love away. And uh, there's nothing you can do that will make him never take you back or take you in the first place. So, yeah, there's always hope and there's always people willing to help. And if you don't have people who are wanting to support you, people telling you to abort, abort, find find some new people. Find, find yeah. some people who will support you. And there are people who will support you and commend you for your bravery and your your love for this child. Yep, exactly. And you got to look at the scriptures. If, if, you have, if you're a part of a church that is not loving, leave. You know, find a church that teaches truth and sound doctrine, but is also loving and, and caring. So one other thing, one thing I always hear is, you're not really pro-life, you're just pro-birth. So well, what that means is all we care about is stopping the abortion from happening. But once the baby is born, you're on your own, mothers. You got to take care of this baby all by yourself and nobody wants to adopt this baby for you you know you're okay first of all once again i want to say seek help from the church and if you are unable to take care of this baby pray and try and figure out adoption you know yeah actually there are not enough babies for the amount of people that want to adopt babies and I'll, I'll I'll put sources down on the video too. I'll probably write that down in a minute. But yeah, there's not enough babies for the amount of people who want to adopt. But those of you who are Christians, please help these young mothers out. Please, you know, if you know someone who's in this, who's in that place and needs help, you know, maybe it's a single 15 year old, yeah. and their parents kicked her out with the baby because you know she sinned. That would Help be very her, sad. you know, take her into your house, you know, um, do something. If you know a situation about this, do something to help because Jesus loves the little children. He really does. Let, let people know too. If you can't help yourself, let the elders of your church know or something along yeah, those if lines. If you don't ask too. for help, then you're, you're not going to receive any. Another thing is now I'm preaching to those of you who are pro-life. If you are pro-life, then you also have to be pro-eternal life. Okay. Because that's really what matters when it comes the babies to it. when they are aborted go to heaven. You know, it's not their souls that are in danger. It's the people who are committing the abortions souls that I are in danger. Talked about that in episode so five. five. Yeah. And five. some of the Calvinist ones. We do not believe in original sin because the Bible does not teach it. All right. So the babies go to heaven. But if you're so super pro-lifey and preach it all the time, but then you let the world influence your kids, you're aborting them. And this is much more serious and dangerous when you let your kids hang out with whoever, whatever friends they want or watch whatever TV shows they want or get educated by whoever education you want them to be or they want. You know, and you let the this world... Is, you so, let. <laughs> I'm just saying, this is, you're doing a good segue into our next episode. You let Babylon completely influence them, you are killing them spiritually you know you me you know i'm i'm in this warfare right now i got two kids we got to make sure that we are teaching jesus to them you know what the bible says talk about it when you rise up from your bed talk talk about jesus you know talk about god and his laws and his ways all the time and you got to be the person that you want them yep. to be it's, if, if you want them like to a... memorize scripture you got to memorize scripture you if you want them to read their Bibles, they got to see you reading your Bibles. You, know, you have to raise them to become Christians one day. It's like a spiritual womb. Exactly. <laughs> You're nurturing your kids for when they become breathe born air. again. Yep. The childhood segment of someone's life is the spiritual womb for when they become born again. Because you know, at that time, you got 
from from the moment that they're physically born, training begins. You gotta train them. You gotta teach them. You gotta love them. You gotta teach them about Christ's love. You gotta make help them love the kingdom. You gotta help them love the church. Help them love people. Get them started being servants. Let's get in this evangeli- party started. In evangelism. Help them to love Jesus. You lead them by their example. So by the time that they're probably in their teenagers or early adulthood, they they decide, all right, this is my life now. I've sinned and I need to become, I need to be forgiven and I need to become a Christian. Then they are born again. You know, they exit the womb that you have kept, uh, safely kept them in. Yes, it is going to be their choice. You cannot force them. But my point in all this saying is that the spiritual aspect of this is more important than the physical aspect. And yes, the physical aspect is important. And I do always want to speak up and defend the unborn. But those unborn babies, as tragic as it is, they do go to heaven. They don't technically become a part of God's church, at least not yet. You know, Mm -hmm. they don't know what it means to be forgiven of their sins and be redeemed or be indwelled with the Holy Spirit. They don't have all the benefits that we Christians do, but they still get to go to heaven. If you don't raise your children right, to become Christians, then they will go to hell for all eternity, and maybe you, because you neglected to teach them the truth. And I'm not saying that it's always your fault once if your kid doesn't go the way, and I'm not saying that you can't repent and get back on track yourself, but this is serious warfare. I'm not trying to make anybody feel guilty about anything for those of you, maybe parents who are older and have kids who have wandered from the faith, you can still start over and be right with God. It's not always your fault either. It's not always your fault. But for those of you who are in this right now and your kids are watching um, all these shows on Disney Plus about (laughs) super immoral things that we're going to talk about in future episodes, you know, that's, we got to stop, okay? Next episode. We got to stop it. All right. And we say all of this in love. But we gotta speak the we gotta speak the truth, truth. love. I mean, do not murder is one of the most repeated sins in the Bible. Like he makes a big point about it, so I think we should too. And it is very brutal. And I think we should keep the fight on physical earth on our countries. We should try and save as many lives as we can. But do not murder. We need to avoid sin. That is a sin. I think we should conclude today's. I should say night tonight's episode. And I think we made our points clear and listened to the arguments and gave our rebuttals. If you want to add another, we'll answer you in the comments as long as you're honest and willing to listen. And until our next episode, we will see you guys.